Daniela. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm happy today. Oh, good. Me too. Yeah. Let's what's going on? Good day. Um, not too much. Not too much. I saw um one of our friends on Friday and their two twins and their son. And oh my gosh, it was so sweet to kind of hang out with kids. I don't know why. It just made me so happy. They were so, so sweet. And as soon as I got to the door, they were like, Maya room, Leah room, Maya room, Leah room. Like they really just wanted to show me their room and (laughs) it was so sweet. And then they were kind of jumping on me on the couch and wanted to snuggle me. It was really sweet. So it made my day. (laughs) Yeah, That's awesome. I feel like it's so nice to see kids because you kind of go back to that innocence. Mm -hmm. Like you're not going to talk to them about taxes, you know? (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) They want to know about like the latest unicorn TV show or something. It's beautiful. Oh my God. They're the sweetest little chickens. Yeah. So cute. I've been actually, it's it's so funny you bring that up because I've been reflecting a lot on how um, resilient children are. And mm-hmm. how basically all I've been doing is healing my childhood trauma. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and we always talk about how ch- children are so able to bounce back and they're resilient and they can handle everything. But every adult is working through all the shit they went through in childhood right now. Like, I think we need to stop saying that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I've been thinking about lately. I don't know specifics. I don't know the science behind it, but we're affected by a lot. And even in adulthood, we're affected by things that we might not think of, especially language. Language is really important. The words we use, what we choose to say and what we don't, that affects a lot. That's a vibration we're putting out or choosing not to put out into the universe. Yep, definitely. Yeah. I think the other piece that kind of came to me as I was sitting with them was um, just like the education system. And kind of what they're learning, kind of similar to what you're saying. But I think there's specific teachings out there maybe for kids nowadays that are kind of creating separation. Makes me a little sad. So it's these little light workers that need to stand up now and kind of see through the the illusion. But it was just really interesting and eye-opening. Wow. Well, it sounds like you had a good weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, did I tell you I went to an energy session last week? No. So I found this woman online that had basically my same name. I think I told oh you Oh my about gosh. That. Yeah. No, you didn't. Okay. Well, okay. So my name is Danielle Lisa LaRose and her name is Lisa DeRosier. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> and yeah. And she is an energy healer. She does Reiki um, and other things. But I was like, okay, well, I guess I need to go see this woman now. So I went out there. I had a great experience with her. When I got there, she gave me a couple stones. Well, I picked a couple stones and set the intention into the stone. She asked me questions as I kind of focused my energy into what I was holding. After that, she took the stone and that's what she helped with my energy healing, which I thought was a really cool practice. I haven't seen that before. A lot so, of shamans do that. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Like putting your energy and intention into something that's a tool to heal you. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. it. I got on the table and she started doing 
it's uh, she brought out a pendulum and was like looking at all my chakras and she was like, girl, you're balanced. Like you don't need any clearing like that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I I already kind of knew that, but it was good validation just to like make sure that nothing was really clogged. But as she went through the session, I went off into a trance. I was definitely not in the room. She had mentioned that she needed to holy fire Reiki on me, which is very connected to source and its source energy coming down. So she was just holding the space for me because I had to do my own work. And I saw these amazing images. I saw this desolate skyline and I was kind of in these Middle Eastern white robes and I was sitting on a road and I was crying and I felt so lonely and I knew my whole family had died. Hmm. And so I felt that like abandonment. I felt that loneliness. And I remember, I think it was my twin flame came and helped me up and I built my own house. I provided for myself in this lifetime. I was a rock star. I think in that lifetime is when my walls went up. My walls went up to not let anyone else in for fear that they would abandon again and I would be isolated, you know? Mm. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. I uh, I felt all that and I had gratitude for that life. Either this is a past life or this is just showing me what that trauma is in my heart, which either one people believe in. This, these are the images I was seeing. And so after I received that message, a sacred cat came in and led me to a golden temple. Mm-hmm. And it was so beautiful. I walked into this golden temple and it was like, it was time to enter this new me, this new earth, you know? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. Yeah. What do you feel? Are there any next steps from the session? Yeah. So she had recommended I make an offering to Mother Earth for supporting me. So I'm going to do a nature walk and um, do some kind of offering that is biodegradable. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. That's amazing. And I I think our guest is really into helping people from heal past trauma and like go forward in their life. So I'd love for her to start talking as well. Yes, please introduce her. I'm so excited. I would love to. So today we have Erica Straub. She's founder of Anxious Female, where she works with other anxious females to feel safe in their body, heal past trauma and be free from shame. Hi, Erica. Hello. Good morning. Hey, Erica. Thank you so much for coming on. I absolutely love your website, <laughs> aesthetically and content-wise. Thank you so much. It, it was definitely a labor of love. Yeah, I can definitely tell. It's so beautiful and inviting. So thank you so much for being on this earth and and providing some of these unique gifts. I um, have one question that already is kind of coming to the surface here. I noticed when I looked at your site um, maybe a week or so back, you had mentioned something around intimacy, feeling safe and intimacy. And that really kind of uh, was intriguing to me uh, for a lot of reasons, but I would love to first start with maybe how you started this business 
and um, what led you to work with other women uh, in these specific areas? Yeah, it's, I will circle back to intimacy because that is probably my favorite conversation. And I think at the core of healing, Um, but kind of what led me to this work was just my own trauma healing and coming from a background or a childhood, I should say, um, where there was a lot of chaos, I internalized a lot of chaos. Um, and in my pursuit of learning how to manage that and release that, it, you know, it led me down a lot of different paths. First, the educational path um, in psychology, and then really different modalities um, to work with my own pain. And through that, I just, I landed at a place where I felt like I had garnered enough wisdom and healed to a point that it was my next step was really sharing that and sharing that wisdom and um, connecting with other women who were also on the pursuit of healing. And I was actually, it was a very chaotic point in my life when I started the business. I had worked as a creative director for a couple of years in New York uh, for a startup and it was actually going under. And I took like my first vacation in years and I was sitting on this beach. It was the first time that I had kind of complete stillness and quiet. And I just had this intuitive download of everything that you just learned working for this startup and all of your passions in psychology and attachment and trauma and the nervous system. Like it's time to combine those and it was from that moment that I just started and I had no idea what it was going to look like. (laughs) Um, But I knew that my work was to share my story and to connect with other people who were healing trauma and really had this pursuit of connecting with something bigger than themselves and moving out of like that coping place and into expansion and abundance and love and intimacy. I love that Erica. It's always funny when spirit kind of not forces us, but opens the path or the doorway to new um, avenues, right? And sometimes it feels scary. Like for, you know, you said the company was going under and you just took a vacation. It's like that can be chaotic in itself and kind of scary, but it's spirit's way of opening a new door and a new beginning. So it's, it's, obviously part of your soul's contract to do this work. Yeah, I agree. And thank you for acknowledging how scary that time period was because it really, (laughs) it really was. Um, But there's just something so amazing when you do get quiet, the Mm -hmm. download is right there. The next step is right there. Um, And if we just learn to be a little bit more patient and sit in that discomfort that that download does come through and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden there's like an ease and the right people and the right opportunities show up and it doesn't have to be forced but that was kind of a a new place for me at that time period because I was very comfortable in my masculine and forcing Mm -hmm. and pushing and taking action Um, and now it's so much more about patience and 
magnetizing and attracting and manifesting. Um, but I really had to learn how to heal my nervous system and my energy before I could direct it in that way, if that makes sense. Definitely. It does make sense. And how did you work with your nervous system? Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So many different ways. Um, I, I definitely sought out therapists, energy healers, spiritual guidance, um, movement and fitness. Dance was a huge part of my healing. I ride horses. So the connection with the horse and the freedom there, all of those things combined over a very extended period of time helps me really connect with my own energy and learn how to regulate it. But I can't say that it was one particular modality, but it definitely had a lot to do with connecting with people that made me feel safe. So then I could understand and internalize what safety felt like and then recreate that within my body. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. what a good tip to do is surround yourself with people who make you feel that safety. So once you did that, how did you end up nurturing yourself? Nurturing to me is so much about feeling, feeling cozy on the inside, like something about feeling cozy on the inside, I can just viscerally sink into. And it helped me move into the place of asking like, what do I need? As opposed to like, what's wrong with me when big emotions or difficult things come up? Cause I think we're so quick to move into what's wrong with me or why is this happening to me? So it was learning to change that and move into what do I need? And then there are all these different things that we can lean on that give us that comfort and that support. But I, I really think a lot of it is learning how to move slow and to rest and to nurture a few really close, intimate relationships, whether it be with a friend, a partner, a professional, family, but having those few really close intimate relationships that make you feel safe. Erica, can you talk a little bit more about resting? I'd love to focus on that for a couple of minutes because I think resting looks different for everyone depending on their lives. So how do you rest? Yeah, I think that's so true. It does look different for everyone. For me, it's really giving my myself permission to do nothing and to really sink into that. Cause I think a lot of times we do nothing and we're sitting with a script like in our mind of, well, you should be doing more. Maybe you should just do this or, okay, if you (laughs) work for an hour, then you don't have to do anything else that day. There's like a negotiation that happens and then we're not fully resting and we're not fully working. And so it's not serving us. So for me, rest is really just completely turning off, not, ah. not working with clients, um, not staying up late, like really getting good sleep is big for me, going out in nature and grounding, um, spending time cooking and like really enjoying the, just the experience of it, the smells, the taste, um, yeah, just moving slow, like everything across the board, doing it slowly. Uh, Thank you so much for describing that. I think that's really valuable to understand. 
Mm. Yeah. And I think that, um, I mean, obviously everyone to your point, I think Erica, you mentioned that, you know, for you, right, it's one way of doing it. And for others, we probably have different ways of disconnecting. But the one thing that you brought up that I wanted to come back to a bit was the horses. I feel like animals in itself are very, very healing. And I want to make sure we express like that animals can help with the nervous system. They're one of the biggest healers I think we have. And so honoring and giving gratitude to the animals, whether it be horses or dogs or cats or, you know, whatever we feel called to be with, I think that it's so powerful. So thank you so much for sharing that experiencing and honoring um, that connection. Yeah, you're so right about that. Animals can be so co-regulating. They have, Mm -hmm. they have that same calming effect um, on our nervous system and there's just a purity to it, like an innocence. And especially with dogs, the their trust and loyalty, I think some people haven't experienced that in their relationship. So you get to experience that with like an animal, you know, and, and embody that. And I think it does get reflected in your relationships down the road. And, you know, horses, horses are so magical because they they don't naturally trust. You have to earn their trust. Mm-hmm. And that is such a beautiful, beautiful space to have like sincerely earned an animal's trust. A hundred percent. Horses are so intelligent and so loyal, um, but you're right. They do have to earn your trust and you can see it in their eyes. They kind of almost like look deep within your soul. <laughs> Like, hey, you know, what's your deal, right? And they kind of know, like, if where you're being heart-centered and caring and loving um, and not projecting onto them. It's so true. Mm-hmm. It really is something about the look um, in their eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, right now, the horse that I have, um, I I got her from a situation where she wasn't cared for and Mm. abuse may be a bit of a strong word, but misunderstood, I think Mm -hmm. better. And the way she was interacted with really fried her nervous system. So when I got her, it took close to a year for her to trust me and kind of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like flight fight freeze of the nervous system like survival states Mm -hmm. but that shows up in animals too and she was like completely frozen when I got her (laughs) just Mm -hmm. there's this stillness to her that was like are you you okay I don't think you're okay and it took her almost a year to come out of that now Mm -hmm. she just has this like bigger than life personality and it was just such a beautiful transformation and such a reminder that it just takes one safe person. It takes one person to make you feel safe. And Mm. that's kind of the, the beginning of starting to heal from trauma, whether it's an animal or a human. That is so funny that you say that because, um, just, you know, I've, I've done a lot of soul work. Um, and I don't mean soul, like our, in our souls, but soul, like meaning alone, 
work, maybe individual work would be a better phrase, um, <laughs> for such a long time. And then when I finally met my now boyfriend, I feel like he has that effect that like the horse did with you. It's like he's finally like a safe person in my life. And I've done enough inner work where I attracted, you know, a good one, let's call it, and bunny ears or whatever. Um, and it's it's that safety that I feel that is opening me up to more intimacy. And that's why I wanted to talk with you about the intimacy piece, because I feel like we talked, we actually, me and him just talked about this yesterday, but he was saying, you know, maybe as a little girl, I developed some protection mechanisms around intimacy, you know, maybe not, obviously not sexually, right? Like my parents or whatever, but just more intimacy around letting someone in. And I personally, I mean, of course I'm open on this podcast. I'm just going to say like, I personally have issues like having orgasms during sex. I can have it any other way. But when it comes to like actually having sex with someone, like it's hard for me. And so me and him were talking about this yesterday and he was like, well, you know, maybe there's some protection around you from when you were a little girl and maybe it's an emotional block. Um, And I was trying to kind of understand that a bit more and, and dig deeper into what it could be and how I can release it. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing that. And, and I hear that so often that, you know, a lot of women that I work with also share in that when I think about intimacy, to me, it's really about being seen and seeing yourself and mm. what that brings up for you to see yourself. Right. And to be intimate with these different parts of yourself or, or the parts that are in your shadow and how to move closer towards those parts and how to build a relationship with those parts, as opposed to the continuous suppression or repression of them. And often we need that mirror or that witness to help us connect to all parts of ourselves. But it's also it brings you to this juncture of your nervous system having survival priorities and it doesn't feel safe to show people those parts. And then this Mm -hmm. other part of you, your attachment system that needs the connection. So there's, there's this conflict of needs, the survival and the connection and intimacy is kind of that bridge through, but so many of us fear intimacy yet crave it. So we're in this, you know, my hands are tied type feeling. So we move into it and then we're at our threshold for how much we can see ourselves or see someone else. And then we backpedal. And and that's kind of where our defenses and protective mechanisms come up. And for me, intimacy isn't necessarily even about sex. Like sex isn't intimacy to me. It, it furthers intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um. And when, when I think about orgasms and, and connecting um, with someone in that way, to me, it's so much about letting go. How yeah. safe do I feel to let go? And th- I think that's really at the core of it, that the human experience is so much about learning how to let go. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I think it's a lifelong 
journey. It's not a, a one and done or I get it. I can let go now. It's it's like a continuous choosing of how much more can I let go? How much safety can I embody to continue to let go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny you said that because I was saying to him something kind of similar. I was saying that it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's through the experience of feeling that safety, like in that letting go of allowing someone in Mm -hmm. um, where that will happen. And I feel like it will happen in its own time. Like there's really nothing, like there's nothing to do other than just allow and let go, right? Just be in the moment and just, you know, if it happens, it happens kind of thing. I mean, and keep looking inward to see if there's anywhere where I'm not letting go or not trusting. Um, But I think it's similar to the horse, right? Like it's going to take me, I only met him, you know, a year ago and that seems like a long time, but when you've been alone for seven years and working on yourself for so long, like letting someone else in, like I'm going to get teary is kind of hard, you know, and it's going to take, it's a process for me. It's not something that I can just do overnight. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's so beautiful to name all that and for it not to be like a deficiency or something we have to change in the bedroom or this thing we have to fix. It's just a a continuous letting go and letting in. Mm -hmm. And I can so resonate with that. When I split from my previous partner of five plus years, that was the first relationship for me where there was so much emotional intimacy. And prior to that, I had no idea what that was. <laughs> I had mm-hmm. no idea what it, it actually meant to feel safe with someone and to feel unfiltered. And like, I could totally be myself and someone could see me at complete bottom and I could let someone in. Like it was such a gift and it, it, served its purpose and was a chapter and we chose to go separate ways because we we really worked our shit out on each other <laughs> so to mm-hmm. speak um but since then there's been it's been a couple years and I really committed to kind of that journey of solitude to really getting to know myself and learning how to be lonely learning how to be alone because I didn't mm-hmm. have those skills prior and prior I would have des- described myself as anxious and anxious attached but that doesn't actually really resonate with me. It's like now I've gotten below that and I'm landing in all of my avoidance tendencies and noticing and naming that there's actually more fear of the intimacy than being alone. And so I'm also in this opening of how do I let someone back in Mm -hmm. to that depth? And I can honor for me in this moment and where I am in life, I'm not ready and, and not wanting to, but I know that's kind of the next journey because there's so much healing that happens in a partnership container. I think that Definitely. that is the place you do heal trauma. You you have to do that, that individual work, but it's expedited when you're in that intimate partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And what's beautiful about you know, my connection with him is that we both have done the inner work before meeting each other. So it's almost like um, 
fine tuning, Mm -hmm. like fine tuning of, of things and realizations of just deeper, um, like to your point, like going a little bit deeper, um, without it being like, you know, like, because it's, I guess like I understand in the past, um, you know, before that seven years in my previous relationship, like there was emotional intimacy in different ways, but it was almost like kind of like, not like toxic, like in a dark way, but toxic in the sense that it was really like a lot of healing and a lot of, um, you know, triggering Versus in this relationship, it's not triggering. It's just like eye-opening. Yeah. You just gave me chills. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel that because I, I resonate with that as well, that my previous relationship was, it was a lot of healing. It was a lot of shadow stuff mm-hmm. to the surface without really the skills to integrate it. It was just bringing it all to the surface. And there, there were so many triggers. Absolutely. And, um, not enough level of consciousness on both of our parts. Whereas now I think there's so much more intention and consciousness that for me to even entertain a partner, they also have to be so deeply committed to their self-development work or wouldn't energetically meet. Mm -hmm. Well, I can attest that it's out there and it happens when you least expect it because I met mine randomly on vacation in Yellowstone. So, I love that. <laughs> I never thought I'd meet someone out in Montana, but um who, you know, also is he like does inner work every single day. I mean, he he looks into himself and self-reflects and it's a beautiful partnership and I can attest that it's out there when you're ready. So keep going, Erica, and the beautiful person that you're looking for will will come to you. I so so believe it's out there. Um And I I just love the reflection you made about how it's, you know, such a safe space and not triggering because I think often we think of partnerships as just mirrors and it also Mm -hmm. has to be a container and our partners have to also be guardians of what comes up in that container and the trauma Mm -hmm. that does come up and get touched. So there's, there's just so much more responsibility to it. And intimacy is so much more than just pleasure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, same. (laughs) Erica, I'd love to learn more about um, your work. So do you have clients that you take on? I do. Yeah, a big, um, big part of my work is one-to-one coaching. And that looks like there's many modalities woven into it, but I would say the foundation of it is somatics. Uh, polyvagal and parts work or inner child work. And I kind of fuse those modalities um, while working through attachment wounds, working through shame, um, regulating the nervous system, and then really learning how to be with your own energy to then direct it towards the life, the partnership, the love, the dreams that you desire. Thank you for bringing your gifts to this world. That's so incredibly important. And I bet your clients agree. Thank you. Yeah. And how do, um, if any of the Rosies listening want to work with you, how do they do that? 
Um, you can either go to my website, it's anxiousfemale.com or find me on Instagram, which is underscore anxious female. Awesome. Beautiful. At the end of every episode, we always assign a little tip or homework to the Rosies to complete over the next week. Um, so Erica, do you have any healing tips? Mm, which one? <laughs> um, what's coming to me in this moment is learn to be lonely. Learn how to be lonely. Learn how to mm-hmm. move towards your pain and towards your emotions. Learn how to feel. Um, and I, re- I really think those are some of the the foundations of healing. It's like learning how to feel, move towards your feelings, not away from them. I love that. And then you could become cozy inside. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my heart just tingled. (laughs) Well, Rosies, we hope you're cozy inside today. And once you do this homework, please let us know on social media or or email at getrosepodcast at gmail.com how it went. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. Love you, Rosies. Thank you. Love you, Rosies.